Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! When a little man had a lucky streak at a gambling house, he insisted on going alone to an appointment with death. That is the situation on this page for my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. Take the word of Jerry Browning, private detective. The saying, honor among thieves, is just that. A saying. The small, shifty-eyed man at the number three roulette table was making a fortune. The joint was the Jack-O-Lantern Club on Wilkins Road. My reason for being there was very simple. I hoped to pick up some word of the whereabouts of Tommy Dudley, a car thief. Practically every underworld character in town showed up at the jack-o'-lantern because the place was reputed to run an honest game. The little man at the table hit again at 35 to 1 odds. At that point, the stick man beckoned to one of the floor men, a nice word for bouncer, and held a mumbled consultation with him. Come on, how about a little action at this table? The bouncer glanced briefly at the winner, then shrugged. Okay, give the gentleman a little action. The little man was crafty. He didn't place his bet before the ball was dropped on the table. Instead, he watched the stickman closely and suddenly plunked a stack of chips on a number a split second before the stickman called, No more bets! Double zero! Zero and double zero are house numbers. Every bet on the table loses, except bets specifically made on those numbers. And the little man had bet a whole stack of blue chips on double zero. The little man's winnings must have been close to $25,000, maybe more. That's all for me. I'm cashing in. The bouncer walked over to him. You've had a big night, pal. Better let me send somebody home with you. The little man blinked rapidly. No, thanks. I'm okay. Just pay me off. Thirty-two grand, and I'll take care of myself. That was the last time I saw the little man. The next morning's papers carried the story. His body, with three bullet holes in it, was found just outside of town in a ditch. When a little man won a fortune at a gambling house and refused an escort, his body was later found in a ditch. Sitting in the police car alongside of me, Lieutenant Dawson was unhappy. Jerry, you say you were at that roulette table when Mallow won all that money. How can you say you didn't notice anybody watching him? There were a hundred people watching him, Dawson. I mean, I didn't notice anybody special, no cutthroats or hoods. Dawson shook his head. Well, somebody sure did. Dawson walked me downstairs to the morgue. I gazed at the body on the slab. Yeah, that's the man. What'd you say his name was? Mallow. Frank Mallow, racetrack tipster, pickpocket, shoplifter. That was probably the most money he ever had in his life. And it cost him his life. I followed Dawson back out to the police car. What are you going to do about it, Dawson? He shrugged wearily. Not much I can do, Jerry. The jack-o'-lantern club's beyond city jurisdiction. Besides, Mallow refused an escort. You say you heard that yourself. I thought about that little man's one moment of triumph and what it led him to. Dawson, 
Do you mind if I go out to the jack-o'-lantern and ask a few questions? No, I don't mind. Go as far as you like. The gambling joint was just as crowded as it had been the night before. But nobody was winning there tonight. A lot of money changed hands, but it all went to the stick man. I looked for the bouncer who'd talked to Mallow, found him leaning against a doorway and staring up at the ceiling. When a man makes a big win, don't you insist on sending an escort with him? The bouncer didn't bother to look down. Let's see your badge. I'm a private dick and you know it. The bouncer lowered his gaze. Yeah, and here's what you ought to know. If you wait out of here in five minutes, you'll be carried out. It was important to find out whether he meant it, so who's big enough to do it? The bouncer didn't answer. He just went into action. It was a fine fight while it lasted, which was about 30 seconds. Three other bouncers came up out of nowhere, jumped me, and... Take him out to his car. Stay there till he comes to and make sure he leaves. When I came to, I was propped up behind the wheel of my car. There was a man standing outside. He had a gun in his hand. Get going, pal, and don't ever come back. Okay, so now I knew. They meant it. They were willing to risk roughing up a private detective and throwing the place into an uproar rather than answer questions about Mallow. I was driving slowly because I still felt wobbly. I wasn't more than a mile from the place when another car with two men in it came up from behind, drew parallel with me. A man leaned out, shouted something at me, then waved me to the side of the road. I had no choice. I pulled over. As soon as I saw who was coming toward me, I knew it wasn't trouble for me. It was Big Ed Talcott, the bookmaker. You okay, Jerry? I grinned. Yeah, thanks, Ed. I'm okay. Hmm. But why did they put the slug on you, Jerry? Wasn't it kind of sudden? <laughs> Not to me, Ed. I was proving a point. You take the punk Mallow who got killed last night. I asked myself, would a punk like that ever have the nerve to run a winning streak to 30 grand? Would he, Ed? Ed thought about that. No, I don't think he would. That's what I thought, too. Now, take a joint like the jack-o'-lantern that's supposed to run an honest game. Only it doesn't. A joint like that needs winners for advertising. So they hire somebody to win. Somebody like Mallow, a guy who places his bets at the last second so nobody else can share his winning streak. Suppose he gets ideas. Like keeping his winnings, for instance. That's bad, isn't it, Ed? Big Ed rubbed his chin. Yeah, Jerry. That's very bad. They'd certainly have to kill him. I smiled. Well, thanks for worrying about me, Ed. I'll see you around sometime. That's okay, Jerry. And thanks to you. I drove to county police headquarters and waited. The riot call from the jack-o'-lantern came in about 20 minutes later. When we got to the jack-o'-lantern, the place was a shambles. Big Ed had passed the word along, and he and his friends had ripped out the tables, discovered the hidden devices that controlled the games. And as I walked in... Here's the guy that killed Mallow. He wants to confess, Jerry. He's dying to confess. It was the bouncer, all right. And he was more than ready to confess. He implicated the club owner and three other men. 
who were in the risky business of running a crooked gambling joint to fleece other crooks. Like I said, honor among thieves is an old saying, but no matter how old it gets, it'll never be true. <laughs> 